Hello and welcome to another episode of Chasing Excellence. My name is Patrick Cummings, and as always, I am here with Ben Bergeron. Every week on the show, we dedicate some time to exploring how we can live a life of better health and increased fulfillment. We answer your questions about the five factors of health, dive deep on living a life of excellence, and explore the strategies and frameworks to help us chase what truly matters. Thank you, as always, for joining us this week. How the heck are you, Ben? I'm doing great. Thanks, Patrick. All right, we got a good one lined up. A bunch of listener questions. We've got uh, questions about self-help, getting enough protein, and whether it's better to prioritize catching up on sleep when possible versus staying consistent with our sleep schedules. We've got a workout today talking about uh, getting a clearer sense of what it actually looks like to be healthy in a world of performance-enhancing drugs, Photoshop, and social media. And then we're going to do uh, an old hopper talk at the end that will, I think, let us both uh, feel like grumpy old men for a few minutes, which huh. you, we appreciate. Um, all right. We're going to jump into our workout. We start each workout, or we start each episode rather, with your questions about the five factors of health, those few fundamental behaviors that most proactively, that most positively affect your performance, vitality, and longevity. Those five factors are how we eat, how we move, how we think, how we connect with each other, and how we recover. Ready for the first one first? Let's go. This is in the move category, and it's from Alan. How do you level out muscular imbalances between sides? For example, single arm row. I can do 10 reps left arm, 12 right. Would I do 10 on each uh, each side until the left one catches up, or do you even need to? Yeah. Uh, so the first part of this, everyone has imbalances. So there's no such thing as perfect, but if they're um, massive discrepancies, they can lead to some other issues. So... One way to rectify this is with a little bit of um, what I'll call physical therapy movements. Mm -hmm. So um, some small things to work on some of the imbalances. So nothing that's going to make you excessively fatigue or you're not going for hypertrophy. You're not going to failure, but you're working on some of these small movement patterns. So in this case, if it's the left shoulder is weaker, you could do some um, extra external rotations, um, some extra upright rows with that side. Um, the other aspect of this that I, I would recommend is sub out some dumbbells for barbells in your workout. So mm. inherently when you do that, the, the, the weaker side can't be assisted by the stronger side and the imbalances will start to rectify a little bit. They're not going to get fixed, but they'll start to move in balance a little bit more. Got it. Cool. Uh, think question. What's your opinion on self-help? Would you consider yourself a self-help author or is it something else? Well, I, so self-help has got a bad rap because yeah. of all like the, the, the junk out there and the charlatans and, um, the, the, the freedom to create a platform is really what it comes down to. Anybody can be a self-help expert at this point. You don't need to establish a whole lot of trust. You just need, um, access to the internet. <laughs> But what better thing in the world is there than self-help? Self-help is just taking responsibility. That's what that's what that means is I'm going to try to help myself. So everyone that listens to this show knows how much I believe in filling up your cup to make sure that you can help other people. And that's really one of the big things that we are pursuing with our, 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 our five factors, mm-hmm. with our um, levels of fulfillment, joy, and happiness so that we can then be that beacon for other people, not just as a role model, but as like actually take action and make that thing happen. So from the the standpoint of what is self-help, do you believe in it? And do you see yourself as somebody that um, is trying to go down that path to help other people? Yeah. Yes. I just wish that there wasn't so much other junk out there. <laughs> right. Um, to kind of like diminish the everyone that is putting out the good stuff. Mm-hmm. Agree with that. All right, I'm going quick through these. We usually don't go quick through these. Back to like the two minutes. Yeah, drill. back to two like minutes. You erased the two minute drill, and now we're actually doing it. Uh, All right. Let's see if we can slow down. Let's not be absurd here. Uh, Eat factor. I'm really striving to stick to real non-processed foods for me and my kids. I'm also new to CrossFit and I'm developing uh, growth and performance goals that include some mass building, which means eating a lot in caps, a lot of protein. Hmm. My question is, how do you balance eating real food and using protein supplements in order to meet your nutritional needs in relation to your performance goals? 
I know you want to slow down, but this one's really simple. <laughs> you eat as much protein, as much whole food sources as you can. Now, the, if this person, like a lot of people are, have mass gaining goals, that means they need to eat in a calorie surplus and they're going to be looking into getting, as this person knows, high, high amounts of protein. Hopefully, what we look for is like from as clean sources as possible and then we kind of take the next roads down, right? And somewhere down that is a high quality source protein supplement. So as much as we can from grass fed um, red meat, from free range, um, local, hopefully poultry and um, really clean sourced pork and wild caught fish, as much as we can of that aspect. And then when we can't get that, eggs would fall into that category as well. When we can't get it from those animal sources, from that really clean source, then we might go towards what we can, right? Something else. And then if we can't get it through that food source in general, that is the place that protein shakes would come into play. And for mass gainers that are sorry, looking for mass gain, that's the reason that these products exist. They... I don't believe in them as meal replacements. Um, I don't believe them as a uh, a substitute for the whole foods thing. I don't believe in them for the people that aren't trying to mass gain. Mm-hmm. I believe in it for the people that are trying to get in the, the, the quote, big air quotes, enough protein that people struggle to get, get it in. Yeah, I like that hierarchy of proteins you just broke down. Somewhere bottom of the list, or maybe it's a question, is like the the quote-unquote protein bars you can buy at the gas station. Oh, that, but they're so, you know that that's my weakness. They're so good though. But Why would you do that? I'm sorry, I'm sorry. This is like, this is an intervention. You're yeah, calling me exactly. out. Exactly. Heather asked me to talk to you yes. about this. Yes. But would you, is that a like, I know you like them, but is that a uh, in that hierarchy? Is that a yeah? It's on it's on the list, but it's on the very bottom, yeah. or is it like no, it's, don't went, put them on the list at all because it's really just a candy? No, I wouldn't put them on the very very bottom. Well, it depends on the bar. Yeah, right. So th- yeah. there are higher quality bars. Like I, I have no affiliation with these guys whatsoever, but Quest is a is a is a high one. Um, and there's different types of Quest bars actually, so you have to kind of like dissect that a little bit, which is really unfortunate. Um, some better than others, uh, but like the Bear Bells, um, if you want to send me some to try them out, <laughs> um, those ones like those are fairly clean. There's probably other ones as well, but there are other ones that are just candy bars with protein. Um, and then there are other sources as well. Like, yeah, you could get red meat, but if, if it's from McDonald's, you're probably not doing yourself a lot of favors because. And the problem with that, just to kind of paint the picture more, is your it might not be the the consideration of all the excess calories that come from it because the person's looking to mass gain, but it's the it's the crap food part of it mm-hmm. that causes inflammation, and you're just doing yourself a disservice because as you're trying to get big, jacked, and yoked, you're getting. Um, sore like mm. and not sore in the sense of like muscular soreness your joints aren't going to be functioning the way they could you're not going to recover between training sessions the way you could you're actually going to be fighting more of an uphill battle than you would be if you're eating a very clean source diet super interesting uh and just to just to ask the question protein shakes for like post-workout you had said like you don't really recommend it unless you are in fact trying to put on some mass yeah is that is an exception of like that post-workout shake or whatever that looks like? Or or is that like, in other words, if you're not looking to put on weight, do you recommend post-workout protein shakes? I do not. Okay, cool. That was the question. I just wanted to make sure I understood that. All right. Uh, next question is for from the recover bucket. During the week, I average five hours of total sleep. Uh, here's a brief overview of my weekday. 3.30, wake up, read, stretch, and breakfast. 5 o'clock, leave for work. 6.30 p.m., get home from work, spend some time with the wife, daughter, eat dinner. 7.30 to 8.30, I love workout. when they give us their schedules. I know. I know. Yes. 7.30 to 8.30 uh, is workout and then decompress. I'm not saying oh, no. that, Safisha. Hold on. Because yep. I'm so like, I'm, I love it. I'm so a schedule guy that I'm Me like, too. yeah, I can like figure it. I love it. Um, so <laughs> don't keep, don't everybody send us a schedule though. 
<laughs> Workout, then shower and decompress around 8.39, and then 9.30 or 10, I go to bed. Now, his question is, without having to work on the weekends, I'm able to get closer to a full eight hours of total sleep. My question is, should I continue to sleep for longer hours on the weekends to quote-unquote catch oh. up, or would it be better to keep a consistent sleep schedule all seven days so my body doesn't yeah. get out of rhythm on the weekends? Such a good question. Okay. Um, yeah, there's a lot I'll of, there's answer a lot that of. one, and then I'll go back to like maybe helping refine the schedule a little bit. Okay. So the first one question is, or the the actual question is, should I sleep? Should I do like, um, I, I'm in a deficit. Should I go into a surplus on the weekends to try to like, like earn some of that missed time back? And the answer is yes and no. Mm. And here's what the way I've conceptualized this and there's not, I don't have anything I can point to. So let me back up. The research says no. The research says consistency is actually more important than catching up, which is so weird. Like it flies in the face of everything we've ever done. It's like, okay, if you're burning the midnight oil during the, and you're doing just like this person is like, go get her. You have this 11 hour work day. You have kids, you're doing stuff before work and after work. You're only able to get these five hours in. Like uh, if you had asked me 10 years ago, I would have gone, yeah, then sleep 10 hours per night on the weekend. That's actually not what the research shows. It shows actually that you're better off being consistent. Mm. Okay, but then the question begs, it's like, what does it mean to be consistent? And what consistent does not mean is exactly that schedule. So here's the way that I've conceptualized this is if you're still going to bed within that's like within that, I'll say plus or minus 45 minutes. That's not going to throw anything out of whack. That's what we mean. What we don't want to do is, okay, you're used to going to bed um, at 10 o'clock. Now you're going to go to bed at 7.30. And you're used to waking up at 3.30, but we're going to sleep until 11. It's not that. Mm -hmm. For this person, it would be, okay, you're used to going to bed at 10 o'clock. Let's try to go to bed at 9.15, if you have the availability on the weekend. And instead of getting up at 3.30, let's get up at... 415, mm -hmm. 420. That to me, and again, I don't have the research to back this up. I'm just trying to create, because I've done this myself. What do I feel like are the 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 bands or the, the standard deviations off the mean mm -hmm. yep. that keep us consistent? And plus or minus 45 minutes to me, it's not going to throw anything out of whack. I would even go so far as an hour. So what that means is this guy could get you an get extra couple hours. A couple hours. Yeah, you get a couple extra hours on those. So if you go to um bed 30, 45 an hour earlier and wake up 30, 45 an hour later, over those two nights, you get an extra four hours between those two nights. And that would be my suggestion. The next thing I would do is really refine the edges for this person. So um they get up at 3:30, but they don't leave for work until five. And they Give it to me. They read up, yoga, read, stretch, and breakfast. Breakfast. So, can we condense that down into an hour instead of an hour and a half? Now, maybe we don't get to read a chapter. Maybe we're reading a page. Mm -hmm. um, maybe we have to set our breakfast up the night before. Um, I like the stretching thing, so I'm not going to pull away from that one. But we're able to get that extra 30 minutes in the morning. That's not nothing. That's something. And then they say they go to bed between 9:30 and 10. Yep. Can we just make that consistently 9.30? And now we've earned an extra hour. Well, an extra hour from five to six is an extra 20% of sleep. That's a huge difference. Like 20% is massive in any two, three, four, five percent we would take. Like just those, I would really work on the edges to try to get the extra half hour and the extra half hour. Cool. Last question we have for our warm up is, as it always is, in our connect bucket. Uh, and I think I'm squeezing this into our connect bucket. So take it for what you want. And it's from Julie. She says, I teach CrossFit kids classes and love it. I enjoy seeing them achieve so much and surprise themselves and have so much fun. I've got 10 to 12 per class, which is fine. But when there are, when there are two to three kids that talk over me and muck around, 
Uh, it becomes very challenging at times. I love that term, muck around. Uh, I feel I have it sorted, but wonder if there is a way I can deal with these few kids better. What I do in the moment is include them, but if they don't, if they clearly just uh, want to muck around, I check in, then move on to the kids that are really trying. I've had to get really firm with them a few times and explain that it's not fair on the kids that are waiting to learn and get on with the class. Do you have any tips or tricks that might help? I do. And I do only because my wife is the CrossFit kids coach here. And, um, we struggled with this in a big, big way. Um, a year ago, we took a break for the summer to be, and it gave us an opportunity to kind of like reassess. We, um, we talked, created a little brain trust of three coaches. Like, how could we do this better? And there's a few things that she did that really, really changed things. The first one is, um, when the kids come in now, there's a whole bunch of different colored discs on the ground and each kid stands on a disc. So the challenge is if you have two of these kids, it's when they're they're mucking around because they're able to be next to each other. Mm. If they can't be next to each other, those two kids can't muck around. So you Billy. go, so you, yeah. you go, Billy, you're on the white one. <laughs> Sammy, you're on the blue one. And they're at the opposite ends of the room. Yep. It's just, it's, that's a really, really simple solution to, um, instead of going like you two separate, like, whoa, they're like, they're like magnets. They're going to find themselves again. Whoa, separate. And it's just a really easy way to do that. And the other way, um, which is the same answer, it's just incredible, uh, discipline throughout the class. So, um, what Heather has a tendency, she's kind of like me when she's talking about something she's passionate about, she gets long winded. And that's when the kids start to, it's when the coaches are doing something mostly or say, or are not doing something, but it's the coaches actions that allow this to happen. And if there's really good discipline from the instructor, it tends to mitigate this a little bit. So we have Heather and an assistant coach. And the assistant coach, when she sees it, is in the back room, like giving Heather like the the circular finger thing, like speed it up, let's go. They're starting to lose it. Like you're 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 chatting a little bit too much. We need to get them moving again. So understanding that no matter what you do, if you sit them too long, that's going to happen. They're kids, and as great of a presenter as you are, um, if we're not holding their attention, we're not holding their attention. So we need to keep it, uh, we need to be disciplined ourselves in terms of the lecture, move, class format, spacing, and all the rest. Got it. Love that. Cool. Anything else? No, that's cool. it. Love it. <laughs> cool. All right. Uh, if you want to get a question in the queue, find me on uh, Instagram, P.S. Cummings. Drop me a DM, add it to our list. Speaking of our workout today, which is just our excuse to talk for 15 or 20 or sometimes a little bit longer, on a single subject uh, is from a listener. Uh, the question is, in a world of poses, Photoshop, and performance-enhancing drugs, what does a reasonable aesthetic truly look like? What does a healthy body truly look like? So I'm going to let you – I'm just going to have that question first, and then uh, I've got a bunch of kind of follow-up questions that I think is embedded in this question. But first question first, just what is – in your mind, what does a reasonable, healthy, realistic body actually look like? Well, I don't I, – I'm a little bit stumped because I don't know how to like describe <laughs> yeah. and I don't know if it's worth describing. So I'm going to take this from uh, maybe the opposite angle and then come back into it, which okay. is CrossFit Games athletes have healthy bodies. Mm -hmm. What most people do when they see those athletes is go, no way. Mm -hmm. They can't, they can't, you can't look like that a Adonis, you can't look like that type of a fitness model without being unhealthy, um, without taking performance enhancing drugs. And I, I, I've seen firsthand that you can. Mm -hmm. Nobody, and what these guys are doing is really new. Like it's been a decade and a half of people training this way, which is by the way, is what I mean by that is um, constantly varied function movements at high intensity, which there's a magic to that, which doesn't get enough bang for the buck. You know, when you train for bodybuilding, you, you, you 
create hypertrophy, muscle growth. When you train for endurance events, you, you develop your cardiovascular system, amongst other things. The really cool thing about what happens when you essentially do resistance training at a high heart rate is you elicit a, a very powerful hormonal response, which um, a, that coupled with taking lifts to failure um, gets you jacked. It like, not only is it like the bodybuilding thing of like, I'm going to create hypertrophy and then I'm going to cut and just like starve myself. This does, gets to that aesthetic in a healthy way. That, that's a healthy body. Now, the flip side of that is you don't have to look like that to be healthy. And if there was one thing I could get rid of if that never existed in this space is um, looks are a byproduct of training. Because mm-hmm. if you talk to most people, and this is being rewritten a little bit presently as we speak, but certainly 20 years ago, um, most people that were going to the gym were going to the gym because they want to look better. Mm-hmm. It was not about kicking ass in your 90s. It was not pushing off disease. It was not about functionality. It was not about um, being able to kick the soccer ball around. It was not about um, all the reasons that we do this now. It was, I want to um, I want to turn heads at the beach or I just don't want to look like a, a, a lazy, um, overweight person. Mm-hmm. And... To me, it's the opposite. It's like we do this so that we can have that functionality. And the looking good part is the byproduct. It's the really nice, awesome side effect of it. And form follows function, not the other way around. So what I mean by that is your body shape will find its right shape and it will have a fit athletic look if you train for function if you train for life if you train for movements if you train for longevity but if you train for form i want abs and a chiseled chest and a nice butt that doesn't mean that you're going to have functionality health or longevity so it's one of those things that it's as people chase it they might miss the actual reason that this thing is here. And I understand why it's, you know, the, the gym was created because of bodybuilding. Mm-hmm. That's, that's where the whole thing stemmed from. Like health clubs were created. So people had a place to go and um, train for aesthetics and people used bodybuilding. It's a, all of the gym, all of the protocols that we got through the seventies, eighties, and most of the nineties was all just bodybuilding based. Three sets of 10, hypertrophy, all of that. Well, only, which is crazy, only until the 2000s, and it was because of CrossFit, those, that methodology got rewritten. And it went, no, this is, a, this is about fitness and health. It's not about looks at all. <laughs> it's amazing that those athletes look the way they do, which is, again, just the byproduct of it. But we are going to train for better lives, better... Um, health, better capacity, better um, abilities to do what we want to do. And if the bodybuilding thing had never started, I think a lot more people would jump on this because they see the gym as selfish. They see it as narcissistic where people that go to the gym are going there because and man, like that's a that's such a a detriment that we need to overcome, which seems like, and I know most of our community doesn't feel that way, but the major I think that a big portion of the population still feels like, well, you go to the gym to try to look better, and if you want better health, you take medicine. Mm-hmm. We obviously know that that's not the case. So the aesthetics thing has. Um, muddy the water, muddy the messaging of what what it is we're chasing. Mm-hmm. I I imagine you would say that um, 
the the world we live in has is not helping that given that we now live in an incredibly visual in terms of communications in terms of our understanding of the world we live in an incredibly like visually rich you might say visually uh over saturated culture 20 years ago we didn't unless we were seeking it out we didn't see bodybuilders mm-hmm. right but now you can't help but see you just go on Instagram, go on Facebook, go on TikTok. You can't help but see this stuff. And so I'm curious your thoughts on – because CrossFit has done a lot. But I don't – but do, would you say that that pursuit of aesthetics is still not is, – is still not the primary thing that people think of when they think about working out? Is I want to go look like that person. No, I think that is what most people are doing. Mm-hmm. I think, and I think that's a problem. And I don't think that. Yes, we are. We are more exposed to more imagery and more extremes than we ever have before. Um, but that's how I was introduced to the gym. Is I I got men's fitness, um, and I was like, "Wow, look at the guy on the cover!" Like, I want to go. My thought process was. I want to go and look like that. So I'm going to go to the gym so I can go and look like that. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's, um, I don't think it's been amplified. Um, I actually think that even in spite of all of the, um, the overstimulation of all the visuals and all the rest and, you know, like the social media, I, I still think that the, the messaging has gotten better because mm-hmm. When I was starting to go to the gym in the 80s, it had not it had almost nothing to do with health. It was get bigger for the football team yep. and try to look better. That's what it really, really was. And now, um, and very, very, very few 40, 50, and 60-year-olds were going to the gym. And now they are. So even in spite of all the extra imagery. I think that there's a better understanding of it. Um, but what it's certainly not the understanding. Yeah. It, there's an interesting kind of embedded in, in this question and, and your answer, which is this interesting dichotomy where the, the implication in the question is a little bit that person who looks so healthy can't possibly be healthy. Mm-hmm. And what you're saying is, yeah, but nobody's ever done it this way before. Yeah. Right. And so, uh, it, it's curious cause that like, it's, Obvious once you've you know gone through CrossFit, uh, for some reason Dan Bailey just always pops in my head, right? You see Dan Bailey, right? Um, and you think that's not possible. No human can possibly look like right. that without filling the blank. Yep. So, am I reading into that too much? Like, there's this, this argument that like if you look so healthy, you can't possibly be healthy. Yeah, I think that's wrong. Yeah. Um, I think back in the day, that was the right narrative mm-hmm. because to get there, people did bodybuilding. And the way they, the way the body protocol goes is these massive swings of, you know, huge gains period by cut periods. And that's not, and neither one of those is healthy. They go to this, you know, they purposely gain 20, 30, 40 pounds, and then they shrink themselves down to 0% body fat so that people can, so they can get on stage and take a picture and they... <sighs> go right back to, and neither one of those protocols of massively excessive eating for the sake of gains, not to mention the PEDs that go along with it. And then the extreme calorie deficit cutting, um, those create just the opposite. What I was talking about is the the, um, incredibly beneficial hormonal response that comes from hit training. Mm -hmm. It's the opposite through that massive swings. Um, you know, your body goes into crazy stress periods from those prolonged calorie deficits and carrying around the extra weight we all know is not healthy for a lot of different reasons. So that was the message back in the day to look like that. You can't be healthy. Mm -hmm. And I would say that's 80% true. It's still that case, but there's this new crop, this new generation, this new breed of athlete that is rewriting that. And going, no, you can look like Rich Froning, Dan Bailey. You can look like these female athletes and be healthy. And they are. Like these athletes that we work with get blood work done all the time. And they're phenomenally, phenomenally healthy. 
the only things that you're typically out of whack is a little bit is like um, maybe a little bit of um, extra um, creatine. I'm, I'm blanking out. Uh, the, the, the rhabdo factor. It's basically because like, you work out hard. It's the only thing that's kind of a little bit high. Um, but all the other things are phenomenally in in line. And, you know, it's it's yet to be told what the, I think the orthopedic effects will be of it. Like, will they have bad knees when they're older? We don't know that. Um, but from a, um, all of the other systems of the body, I think that they're going to thrive, mm. thrive, thrive into their old age. Um, switching tacks a little bit, because one of the, one of the things I want to talk to you about, and why I thought this question was particularly interesting, not only for what we've been talking about, but uh, but also like I, I, there's something in there about uh, expectations. There's something in there about social media to a degree. There's something in there about um, judgment of others or themselves that I think is is kind of under the surface of this question. And I'm just curious your thoughts on uh, on that as it relates to this question, like just being in the world and seeing these things and responding to them. Yep. And where people run into trouble if you feel like they run into trouble. So I think there's this, this place that... When people go, well, if you look like that, that's not healthy. And it's the crowd that goes, um, it's not healthy to have abs. Like, it's just like you have to do too much to get there. You have to go into too much of a calorie deficit. You have to do too. And the way I kind of think of that is like, well, no, but maybe. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And the honest answer, what we're really talking about, if we want to like, what we're really talking about is instead of talking about this like abstract of like aesthetics, like we can talk about it in, we just need to talk about it in numerical numbers, mm-hmm. which is body composition. It's body fat. And what we can do is just map that on the sickness, wellness, fitness continuum. That's how it's, it's a, it's a abstract idea that we don't need to talk about in abstract terms. If we want to go where does the look match up with the health? It's pretty simple. If you're a guy and you're north of 20% body fat, you got, you're not healthy. You got some things. Now, if you're at 15%, you're probably doing okay. And if you're at 10%, I would say that you're doing really well. Now, the thing is, what happens when you get down below 5%? And that's where you might have some new issues again. And same thing with females. It's actually easier with females though, because with females, it's you go down once you they lose their cycle, that's a really good indicator that they've gotten too lean. Guys don't have that, that um, canary in the cage type thing. Mm-hmm. So all we have to do is go, like, let's talk like in, in absolutes. And if you're in somewhere around that eight to call it 13, percent as a young adult, you're 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 probably in that fit category, and that doesn't. It's no surprise that's where abs show up. You can see them there. So it's like that. It. What I'm trying to get at, the other way to say this is, I don't want to create an excuse for people that are um, overweight that point at people and go, well, yeah, that guy's just, but he's not fit because or he's sorry, he's not healthy because he's done so much to get there. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's important for us to know where that spectrum is, just like it's an indicator for anything else health related. It's just a, it's a data point. It's a biomarker. So we could do it with cholesterol. We could do it with resting heart rate. We could do it with uh, triglycerides. We could do it with a a lot of different numbers to figure out where you are on that spectrum. Mm -hmm. Do you... um... Do you know of or know who the liver king is? Have you? Do you know that? I uh, a a jacked dude <laughs> on Instagram, right? Yes. Yeah. So as of this recording, it'll be a little bit distant from when we actually publish this. But so he, yes, he grew a huge, massive 
Instagram following, social following, sold supplements on the back of it, uh, all in the idea of like, it, quote unquote, ancestral health. Um, and one of his shticks was he would just like, he would eat raw liver on camera. Um, and so he grew this massive following and then it's been with it, I think two weeks ago, maybe, maybe a little bit less. He, it was exposed that through some, some means and methods that he just basically was on steroids just endlessly. And so now he's got, now, now the fall from grace has happened. Mm. And I only bring that up because I think that that's part of what this question is all about, which is like, because truthfully, I look at him, he's super jacked dude. He doesn't look that much different than some of the CrossFit. He does, but like there is enough similarity there. So I guess I, I ask all that to say like, I get why it's confusing you see a guy like the Liver King, and you see a guy like I'm just keep using Dan Bailey because mm-hmm. why not? And you see a guy like, and you just assume, well, that guy just just got caught doing it. So mm-hmm. now everybody who looks like that mm-hmm. has to be. And to me, I guess the question that I'm I'm circling around is like, now we can use as as an excuse, like oh, that's the only way you get that yeah. way. That's the only way. And I'm not talking about CrossFit Games yeah. level of fitness. I just mean like that aesthetic or that that kind of aspirational thing. Like I want to I want to do what it takes to to get to what to where he is or where she is. And now you've got somebody like the Liver King fill in the blank of others just like them though. Where it's like, "Oh, I guess it's not possible." So I guess I won't try. And to me that's I don't, I don't know. Like that, that to me is actually the more interesting conversation. I, cause I don't care about the liver King specifically, but what I think he just did is he just, he just, every argument that's ever been made about the CrossFit games. Now they just point to a guy like the liver King. And it's like, well, I, if he's doing it, everybody else must be doing it. Cause there's at least some similarity of what I'm seeing. Hmm. I don't know. So there's, uh, maybe because I'm in the space a little bit, but I see a, a massive discrepancy between Liver King and CrossFit mm-hmm. Games athletes and what they look like. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's not, but it's to somebody who isn't. Yeah. Then and either what the other part is like, what are we chasing and why? And if you want to look like that guy, like go for it. Awesome. Like understand why it's. It's mostly because it, I would assume it's because it, you think that you can get a lot of attention for it or understand why you're chasing another aspect of this fitness strength journey and recognize that there's a a protocol to get to – there's different protocols to get to each of those. One is um, massive amounts of hypertrophy work coupled with steroids mm-hmm. for the for the Liver King dude. For the CrossFit Games athletes, it's um, a, a very clean diet with a ridiculous amount of very, 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 very hard, challenging, painful physical workouts. Or is it for the longevity play? Like... Mm-hmm. And that's what most of our audience is doing. And recognize that if you go towards the longevity play, you don't need to look like Dan Bailey. You don't need to look like Tia. Like you, you're probably going to end up somewhere around that 9, 10, t- t- up to 15% body fat. And that's okay. You don't need the, the veins rippling across your chest. Like that's not what we need to chase. But if you're chasing the aesthetics, then that's what you're going to need to. So it's not it's not here to lay judgment on right or wrong pursuits because that's what somebody wants. Mm-hmm. Like, go for it. Like, I know I know plenty of people that have signed up to compete in bodybuilding competitions and they found a lot of fulfillment in that very challenging pursuit. And it is a very challenging pursuit. It's incredibly disciplined, structured with lots of sacrifice and being uncomfortable along the way. And to say that that's a right or wrong, like it's not right or wrong. It's what, it's what they feel like will fulfill them. So I would just encourage the, the questioning of, 
you know, we, we want to begin with the end in mind. Like, what is it that I want out of this? Because otherwise you get caught down the rabbit hole of, well, that guy's getting a lot of attention. I'd like to get attention like that. Mm. And you thought you were here for longevity. You thought you were here for performance and you're now chasing this other thing that's not in alignment with that end game. Yeah, and to your point, to your earlier point, the it certainly has been, and I, I wonder if you think it still is. I, I think I think we've we've gotten to that, which is the idea of like the default state when people work out is the aesthetic, and unless you rewrite that for mm-hmm. yourself, you will start to at least to some degree start chasing. Well, success looks like this, but I, what I like what you're saying is the idea of like. Similar to what we've talked about with nutrition, like first, like what is it that you you specifically like? What is success going to look like for you? And then once you figure that out, figure out well, what is the path to that need to look like. Which I think is why um, CrossFit's done such a phenomenal job with this, is because you know you were the measuring stick was not what you looked like; it was where'd you place on the leaderboard. Like that's it's performance above all. Like that's what you are and what came to light really quickly is the people at the top of the leaderboard just happen to end up looking like they do. And it's a pretty strong correlate, but we're chasing performance more than anything else. It's why we do pull-ups, not bicep curls. It's why we do box jumps, not calf raises. It's why we do cleans and snatches and because we know those movements translate outside of those movements. They are, they have... Um, um, transferability to the other things, the neurological adaptations that take place from learning the timing of those complex movements are so far and beyond anything that a pec deck or a leg extension could possibly give you. And that's why we train the way we do is so that because performance is at the forefront of what we want. Mm -hmm. And that in and of itself in the CrossFit ecosystem is such a powerful message. You know, there is the aesthetics thing. I'm not gonna pretend that it's not there, but you know, um, the most jacked guys of the games aren't winning. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the guys that have trained the hardest and worked on their, the performance. I like that. That's because to me, performance is just another correlate to capacity. And capacity is functionality. And what we all want in our lives is functionality across our lifetime. Mm-hmm. Well, that's just continue to perform really, really well. Mm-hmm. And that is the that is the shift between the, the two default states of when I think about health, again, for years, when I think about health, I think about either skinny or jacked, right? right. Which, whichever, one, whichever one made more sense. And the argument I think that CrossFit has always made, at least to the degree that it has, that we're talking about here is the default reason to start is not the aesthetics. Mm-hmm. The default reason to start is, you can call it performance maybe, or health or yeah. longevity, whatever. And to really start shifting people's understanding of that's why you go do that thing. And the aesthetics, the look good, like that happens, but almost by accident. Yeah, or that happens. Right, there's that other side of it too, which you pointed out, which like skinny is healthy, yep. and that's also that's like forget about the jack dude. Yeah. It's the other side of it as well, and more so for females, but even for um, guys, they're like, you know, I can't believe it. He was thin. He was so thin, and um, you know, I think of like my my grandmother who um, ended up getting dementia. You know, was basically type three diabetes, and everyone was like, she was such always so. You know, she was always so so um, skinny, and she was always well. That doesn't mean health. That you know, and um, strong is the new skinny mm-hmm. tagline type yeah. thing. Like, yeah, let's. It's that's not what we shouldn't be chasing. Jacked dude on Instagram. Likewise, maybe we shouldn't be chasing skinny either. We should be chasing health, performance, and let the aesthetics fall to where they may. Yeah, that's hard to sell. until you see how it works, right? Yes, it's hard to sell to the uninitiated, but walk into a CrossFit gym and talk to a newbie about that who's walking in 35 pounds overweight and go, see how that guy can do 50 pull-ups and do um, 50 burpees and then 
lift that weight over his head, you know, all within a five minute period, that's incredibly high capacity. And by the way, that incredibly high capacity yields that type of look Mm -hmm. and they'll, they'll go, holy crap, Mm -hmm. that's, that's amazing. But yeah, from a esoteric, just like believe me type thing, it's harder to sell. And um, I think that the majority of people would still go for the looks. Yeah. All right. Well, we've got work to do then. Uh, we'll wrap it up there. Um, thank you to uh, the listener who sent us that question. And again, if you want to get a question in the queue, uh, find me on Instagram, P.S. Cummings. Drop me a DM. Uh, we're going to do a quick shout out. Uh, shout outs just when we uh, highlight a podcast review, a comment, a note that one of us has gotten, um, just as a moment to say thanks and to uh, share. This is from Shane on, I think this is a review on Apple Podcasts. I started listening to the podcast, looking for information about health and fitness, and it's easily delivered that, but also so much more than I ever expected. The conversation that happens every week uh, opens new doors uh, to improving mental resilience, relationships, work, building business, and living a fuller life. The structure of the show is always very good, but the new format has taken something that was already great and made it even better. Mm. I look forward to every episode. Frequently recommend them to friends, family, and colleagues. I'm grateful that this exists and I was lucky enough to find it and that Ben and Patrick are continuing to strive to make it even better. So thank you, Shane. Thanks, uh, Shane. Lots of good stuff in there. If you have not yet, it is always uh, appreciated if you leave us a review. It does help new folks find the show uh, and it makes Ben and I feel good. So uh, huh. thank you in advance. All right, let's be grumpy old men for at least a minute and jump into a cool down. Uh, this is an old hopper talk. We used to do whole episodes of this, but we're just going to do one question. What are you starting to like less and less the older you get? I'll let you start. Oh, boy. Uh, the uh, the first two that come to mind is sports and television. Mm. And I was thinking about this before. I was like, if I if you told my 14-year-old self that there would be a day that I didn't care about sports and television, he would probably kick you in the shins. Because that was pretty much my entire life when I was about 14 and 15. But I find that they just have almost no draw for me anymore. And I don't know if it's a time thing. I don't know if it's like I just don't have time to sit and watch a three-hour football game or if I just don't care. Um, but from where I used to be, I used to be, I used to, I mean, I, w- I went to college to be a sports journalist and then I switched tracks to screenwriting. So the fact that I'm like, yeah, I don't really want to watch TV or those two things. Yeah. Those two things yeah. or, uh, sports. I still like film. Film still is, is, um, I like, that's still the, the sweet spot for me, but like the, the Netflix seven seasons of X, Y, and Z. And I just, I just can't get excited about that anymore. Mm. So those are the two things. Yep. That makes sense. Um, I still, I, I, I still love sports. Yeah. I, and, and I, I, it I, might I, change when, when the boys it, get older. That's actually what is, uh, it's yeah. been a, it's a, been a big connection point now with, um, um, Bodie who's 10. Yep. Um, it was a big connection point for me and my dad. So I can yeah. totally see it, it coming back. From, I haven't that. watched NBA basketball in two decades, like forever. Yeah. And we watch probably half of the games now. Um, half of, not the NBA, half of the Celtics yeah. games. Um, <laughs> that'd be a lot of, yeah, that'd be a lot of, uh, cause it is a big connection point. And I, I do, I do like it a lot. And I just do like the, the, how sport is, um, an incredibly powerful magnifying glass on the lessons of life. Yep. It's just, I just really believe that it's, um, you can kind of hide a lot of it in life, but on the athletic field, it gets just, um, it's so poignant Exposes and it. exposed and exaggerated. It's it's so cool. Yep. Um, the triumph and defeat and struggle and battling back and knockdown, get back up and the competitiveness and the camaraderie and the team. So there's a lot to it. Um, makes sense why I do what I do. Yeah. Um, okay. What I don't think this will surprise you. One of the things that as I've gotten older that I've in um, started to enjoy less and less is just uh, partying in general. Mm. Yeah, I never enjoyed that. So I didn't. <laughs> uh, so I did. I, I enjoyed like I enjoyed that a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, my, I was a I was a I was a party guy in yeah. college. Um, and now, if it's not my close group, um, it doesn't fuel me. It doesn't give me energy. Um, and, uh, we were, we were at a holiday party last weekend and we ended up leaving at about eight 45. Mm-hmm. We got there at seven 45 <laughs> and it, 
we found out the next morning, the next day, for some of the people that stayed at the party, that some of the dads um, went until one in the morning, and then at one in the morning they left to go to the encore, the casino, mm. and then went from the to the casino until six a.m. Like that has so that's like a punishment yes. to me. Agreed. So, you know, I don't want to say I don't enjoy hanging out with people I enjoy hanging out with because I love that. Yeah. That's one of my great pleasures in life. But um, doing that thing, yep. the partying thing is was not. Was that, was it, was there a point in your life that that would have been, you would have been. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That would have been a thing. Yeah. That's yep. so funny. I, 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 I've seen the sunrise <laughs> more than once. I literally don't know that I ever have. I joke with my wife that if her friends would only have parties at eight o'clock in the morning at a coffee shop, I'd I'd be totally on board with all of them. But that is unlikely. Um, yeah, this is a grumpy old man. This is a way little to bit of a grumpy. This. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of uh, what is. Let's do the opposite. Yeah, and what is what is something uh, you like more and more? Yeah, so you as get you get older. older, that's a great yeah. little reframe. Um, oh gosh, now I got to think about that. What do I like more and more as I get older? Um, I got one. You got yeah. Go and I'll, I'll, give you I'll think of one. Um, just think about this: uh, long car rides. Mm. So as a kid, that's a nightmare. True. Right? You hate long car rides. Like, are we there yet? Mm-hmm. Are we there yet? And now, uh, a long car ride is just, especially like whether it's solo, because it's time for me to have space or listen to an audiobook or a podcast. It's just time for me to think. Or if it's with my wife, like we're going up skiing or to the Cape or to the in-laws. It's a great time for quiet connection and um, conversation. So actually, that's completely flipped for me. Mm, That's really cool. I kid you not, I can't think of anything. And I'm pretty sure it's because I've basically been an old man my whole life. (laughs) And the only difference is now people are like, yeah, you're old now. And so like the things I still, I loved when I was 20. I just, now it's just maybe more socially acceptable. (laughs) Maybe that's my, uh, I want to think about it on my long car ride home. And I'll... (laughs) I'll send you a text oh my God. if I think of anything You're, else, You are a grumpy old man. Yeah, I'm a man. Thank you. That was fun. Thank you everybody out there for uh, sending us questions. Um, they uh, clearly are making uh, almost all of our episodes now. And so I really love being able to incorporate everybody's questions. So keep them coming. Uh, if you haven't yet, le- leave us a review, share us with a friend. Uh, and Ben and I will be back next week for another episode of Chasing Excellence. <laughs>